Here's my question for you to start off tonight. Have you ever really wanted to be loved? Dane, good man. Um, have you ever wanted someone to be like totally committed to you for life, no matter what? Doesn't that sound good? Well, it did to me, so I asked Carol. Um, any of you want to have a love that will never give up on you, a love that would always be there for you? Somehow, I feel like if we get, could get into really um, uh, honest conversations, probably with anybody, they'd say, yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. Wouldn't that be cool? Um, I would also suggest, besides finding somebody like Carol, um, I think you can really find an amazing love that is eternal in Jesus Christ. He will never quit on you. And didn't we learn a little bit about that last week? About God is reliable. Yeah, so I hope in... Your days this quarter, you will seriously investigate the word of God to find that it does teach that God loves us. I think we have another slide up here. I'm staring in anticipation. Well, no. No. That wasn't in the program. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. We have started a series of messages on uh, character. So we're going to investigate the character of God and realize from this text in Genesis 1 that we are made in his image. And so who do we get to grow to become like? God. So his character is what our character needs to become. This is kind of our overarching scripture for this quarter. Genesis 1, 26 through 27 says, God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over the livestock and over all the earth and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. We are made to be like God in our character. This very carefully does not say we are God, as some philosophies and religions teach, does it? No, we're made in his image to reflect his very character. There's another slide up here that talks about what we learned last week, that God himself is very reliable and faithful. We had a definition of what faithfulness is. It's continuous commitment without interruption, regardless of emotion or circumstances. And we also learned that the cross where Jesus was crucified, after which he was buried, and on the third day rose from the dead, is God's faithfulness to the human race in action. The Bible is not a theoretical or philosophical treatise. It is a whole bunch of stories woven together together to reveal whom God really is. And that moment of Jesus on the cross 
is a huge statement in action, not in theory, of what God's love looks like. His actions demonstrate his words, and so consequently, ours should as well. So what are we going to learn about this week tonight? Let's look at Mark chapter 1. You got Matthew and Mark are the first two um, books in the New Testament. Use the table of contents. See if you can get over to there to Mark chapter 1. We're going to read verses 40 through 45. This is about a man who had leprosy. A man with leprosy came to Jesus and begged him on his knees, If you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and he touched the man. I am willing. Be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anybody. But go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for you for cleansing as a testimony to them. <laughs> what did he do? Instead, he went out and he began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in the lonely places. Uh, yet people came to him from everywhere. That's the reason he told him not to tell anybody. is because he knew once that happened, he could never get inside a building again and have a little talk inside there. There'd be too many people. Okay, so God is so loving we get to become loving, and we get to see in this story God's love in action again, and we're reminded that our love needs to be in action. So what was the need that Jesus saw? A man was sick with leprosy, and back in that time, uh, leprosy was thought to be communicable. Do you know what that means? Like catching like you could catch leprosy by contact from another. But we know now that leprosy is more of a nerve disease. And so people don't understand when they've harmed themselves. And so like they'll bleed and they'll get infected. And because of the infection, the parts of their body start uh, rotting and falling off and stuff. It's a pretty sad disease. Okay. We don't understand leprosy too much in our country because we don't have any. There's very few incidences in the world now as the population of the world goes, there's only five and a half million cases extant in the world today. They're like in Brazil, Liberia, South Sudan, Burundi, Nigeria, uh, Miramar, India, Indonesia, and several islands of the South Pacific. But in Jesus' day, leprosy, this skin disease, was very common in the Middle East, in the very place where Jesus walked. Um, people were afraid of it. And so what did they do? They shunned or they made social outcasts out of the lepers. In fact, the people were required to say, unclean, unclean, whenever they walked near anybody. Can you imagine going around campus, Alan? Just shouting, unclean, unclean. No, you'd feel weird, wouldn't you? And people would feel weird. Yeah. How about you, Ben? Would you like that? No. I can't imagine that this guy did. So lepers were pretty much sent away out of the city to live in compounds or leper colonies left there to die of their disease. How would you feel if you were this man? 
Go back in time as you always should when you read the scripture or any text for that matter. Put yourself in the story. How would you feel if you were this person who was being shunned socially and, of course, religiously? He could not go to synagogue. He could not go to the temple in Jerusalem. Uh, There's a popular Christian author named Max uh, Licato who has tried to help us come to grips with this story. So I'm just going to steal right from his book and read to you uh, how he explains the story so that you can kind of grip and uh, what this might have been like for this guy. Uh, he tells him this, uh, as if the man were speaking. So the leper says, for five years, no one touched me. Not one person touched me. Not my wife. Not my child. Not my friends. No one touched me. Oh, how I wanted a handshake, a warm embrace, a tap on the shoulder to get my attention, a kiss from my wife, a hug from my little daughter. What I would give to be bumped into, to be caught in a crowd for my shoulder to brush against another's. For five years, it had not happened. How could it? I was not allowed on the streets. Even the rabbis kept their distance from me. I was not permitted in the synagogue. But today, I took a risk. From behind a a rock, I watched Jesus descending the hill. Throngs of people were following him, and I waited until he was near. Then I stepped out. Master! He stopped. He looked at me, as scores of people did. A flood of fear rippled through the crowd. Children ducked behind parents. Somebody shouted, unclean! Jesus stepped toward me. The crowd stepped back. I fell on my knees. I begged him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. What does Jesus do? He reaches out his hand and he touches him. Can you imagine what that felt like just to be touched for this guy? And immediately, the leprosy left his body. That's fast. Don't you wish going to the doctor was that fast? The waiting room is not that fast. The cure is not that. Okay. No one had touched him for years, but Jesus touched him. Jesus was filled with loving compassion for this man. He touched him, and the man was changed forever, of course. What kind of love does Jesus have for you and for me right now here at CWU? The kind of love that gets involved in our lives. Whatever we're going through, whatever we need, whatever we're interested in, Jesus wants to be involved. He meets that need that we have immediately or over time. I know you've experienced that. Some of your prayers take a while to get answered, right? Yes, they do. Sometimes they're immediate. The love of Jesus transcended cultural taboos back then. Do you think the love of Jesus would transcend cultural taboos right here today? Yes. And we, his people, who need to develop the character of love that he has, should we not also be transcending cultural taboos? Should we not be the most welcoming group on this campus to everybody? 
hello, think about that and what that might mean for you. Maybe you've never met that other kind. I don't know how to say it politically correctly because we live in a charged environment where you just can't say anything. We need to welcome everybody because they are just a person like we are, dearly loved by God. Hmm. Jesus' love is very practical. It like just offers a hand and say, my name is Michael, what's yours? Could you not do that in your classes? Aren't there a lot of people you don't know? Aren't there a lot of people just waiting in line somewhere? Couldn't you strike up a conversation? Sure you could. Here's another thought. The scripture teaches us something about Jesus. What does it say? That Jesus reveals God the Father perfectly. Take a look at Hebrews chapter 1. The first, I think it says three verses. Hebrews chapter 1 is way to the right in the back of the Bible. Table of contents works beautifully. So if you were in Mark, keep going right till you hit Hebrews chapter 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors, the prophets, at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. Did you see the outrageous claim in that sentence? God made the universe through Jesus. Do you see why Christians in their theology say that Jesus is God? That he's deity? He made the universe. He made us. You read the Bible, it will blow your mind the claims that are in here. I encourage you to engage intellectually and seriously with the text this fall. Would you do that? I know you're interested. You're here. I'm just challenging you. Read the book and wrestle with it. It can be wrestled with. It has been wrestled with for a couple of thousand years for the whole thing and the Old Testament before that. Verse 3, the Son, that be Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. The contention of the author in this book written to the Hebrews is that if you want to know what God the Father is like, you have to look at Jesus because he's the exact representation. So how does your view of God tonight need to tweak a little after reading that story about the man with leprosy and how Jesus treated him? How do you think God would treat you? Would he touch you? Would he enter into the forbidden, intolerable, unclean zones of your life with love to tweak, to transform? You want to know what God looks like this quarter, what he thinks like, what he acts like? Then read about Jesus. Do you want to experience the demonstrative love? Love and action, then connect with Jesus. 
Christ followers have been doing this for 2,000 years. I want to encourage you. This is a solid option to consider. When we, like the leper, take that risk, I believe the scriptures teach us it pays off. And I bet there's a bunch of people in this room that would say, yeah, the risk has paid off for me. I have risked some time. I've gotten involved in the book, and I find the God in this book to have been real and personal and accurately portrayed here. Okay, question for you. What need do you have tonight? Could you screw up your courage a little bit and whisper a prayer to the Lord and see what happens? Could you be like that leper who came out from behind the rock? Jesus, Master. I would suggest that Jesus would love to interact with you. I would suggest Jesus loves you this evening. And he'll love you in the morning, too. He'll even love you in the afternoon when you're cranky and hangry. Jesus wants nothing to come between you and him. He will not allow any situation, any sin, any sorrow, any hardship, any past or present block himself from giving you his life-changing love. Nobody is excluded from his offer of lavish love and complete acceptance. How much does God love you? We've got another slide. I think it's of Romans 5.8. We touched on this last week. But God demonstrates, or God takes action. He demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, Sinner is a technical Bible term meaning somebody that didn't follow God. Okay, it's not a derogatory term in the sense of you've morally screwed up. It's a relational or positional term for you are not following God. Does that make sense? You were a sinner or you were not a sinner. You were a God follower or you were not yet a God follower. That's primarily what it means. When we were still not God followers, God showed his love for us in this. God sent his son to die on the cross for us. To erase the disconnect that we are having with God. To shorten the distance, God became one of us in his son, Jesus. The cross is all about tearing down the roadblocks between us and God. Take a sip of it for a minute. Sip that for a minute. That satisfy that God can be known? That God is not trying to be inexplicable? What's the opposite of inexplicable? Is he trying to be splicable? God is trying to make himself known. The choice is yours. The choice is mine. Will we let him touch us? Or will we kind of uchi away? The choice is yours or mine. 
Jesus will do whatever it takes to help somebody. And there are a lot of somebodies in this room. I think everybody's a somebody here. He will do whatever it takes to draw near to you and to try to make himself known. Do you think that there's anybody in this room tonight who might need to experience some of God's love? I'd say probably about 100%. Then wouldn't it be awesome if we really just turned ourselves toward him in openness and say, hey, I am open to you. I'd like to experience more of your reality. Wouldn't it be so cool to experience that love and as we begin to experience more and more of it over this quarter, that we'd let that love change us so that we could love a few more people around us? Because aren't there a few people it seems like we keep running into? There's those classmates and professors and people who take our money when we're buying stuff and and there's that roommate and, and, and other people, people in your study groups. They're there. What if we could just learn to love them a little bit? Could we become those people who are learning to be faithful and loving in our actions? God is so loving. What if we set it as a goal that we would become more loving this quarter? A little bit at a time, because it probably won't happen overnight. Yeah. Okay. Being made in God's image means we get to learn to love everybody. And you know some are easier than others. Let's see what this next slide says. This is 1 John 4, 7, and and it goes through 11 here that we're going to read. And there's a kid's song in here that I know. Anybody know that kid's song? Just... Nod your head knowingly. Nobody knows it. Okay, fine. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love God does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for us. We also ought to love one another. That word atoning, if you need a definition, think of atonement is at-one-ment. Okay? An atoning sacrifice is a sacrifice that makes two parties that were estranged now at one. Okay? God sent his son Jesus to be the sacrifice that brings you and God together. Atonement is made by the shed blood of Jesus on the cross. Would you like to know a lot more about God's great heart of love for everybody? I think besides reading the scripture, one of the great ways to do that is to be involved with a group of people that are trying to figure that out too. So that you aren't just alone on your journey, but you are journeying with other students, people like you who are trying to get this all figured out. That's why we have core groups. So I just want to encourage you. You you can be with a group of guys or a group of gals and kind of keep trying to figure this stuff out through the scripture and helping one another through prayer and just having some great friendship.
we got another couple slides here. The first one uh, shows my wife, Carol, reading to Mackenzie, our only granddaughter. And, and look at that attention those two girls are paying to each other. That's fantastic. And I suggested last week, you know how all of us are told that we ought to read the Bible because we can find God in there? Not severely, like I know you're still there. Okay. And then I suggested, do you know what really happens when we read the Bible? And I think not many of you have figured this out yet till maybe I said it. It's actually God reading it to you. You thought all along you were reading it to yourself. As you read it, and I encourage out loud reading, it's, it helps you to get it, except when you're in a crowded room. Try to listen that it is actually God reading to you his scripture. Would you do that the next time you read the Bible? God is reading to you like Carol's reading to Mackenzie. And the next picture shows Mackenzie reading to me. Apparently, it was a bedtime story. Um, so this is just to point out that sometimes when we're reading, the scripture is better than others. Hello? And if you zone out like I do sometimes? Yeah. So just give a go at it. You know, keep working at it. You're going to have some good days in the scriptures and some sleepy days. Okay. Do you ever memorize um, any of the verses in the Bible? There's this one that I really like. It's John 13, 34 and 35. Uh, it's in red letters because Jesus said it. He's talking to his men, his disciples, and he says, a new commandment give I to you. Well, that perks me up when there's something new. A new commandment give I to you that you should love one another just like I have loved you. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another, in parentheses, my way. Wow. We get to love one another, this kind of really involved in life, living life together way that Jesus did with his disciples. We get to love one another even sacrificially, like, we probably won't get nailed to the cross, but there's going to be some r days where we get to die to ourselves so that we can love somebody else. Deny our will so that we can bless them. Whew. And our Christian love produces quite an example to others and makes Jesus really attractive to others. Our last scripture tonight is 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11. That should go up on the screen, and I hope it stays there a good long time. It says this. No, it says it on this page. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms, 
If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. How can we specifically learn this character of love? By taking actions of love. That's how you learn the character, by doing it. And there's a lot of suggestions here, like praying. Do you like it when somebody prays for you? Well, I bet whoever you pray for, they're going to like it too. Hospitality. Do you ever need somebody to give you a place to stay or a meal? Yes. Maybe you don't need it, but would you like it? Hello? Yes. We got to have a, a, a two friends of ours from college uh, got married and, and had uh, three boys, just like we did. And we got to take care of uh, their youngest son for two weeks. He was living with us. What a hoot that was. Right after we got um, Eric out of the house, cleaned it all up, Shannon popped in and got to stay overnight. This is hospitality. And it says to do it without grumbling. Cleaning that toilet twice in two weeks? How many love that toilet cleaning job? Okay, I grumbled a little bit. It said to do it without grumbling, but I just... Loving person I am. But I kept it quiet. It says, be hospital. It says, spiritual gifts. Get in tune with God's spirit. He will prompt you how to love and gift people. Uh, serving other people. Look for people's needs. Uh, everybody needs their car fixed because you have college cars. Um, everybody needs to be taken shopping because you don't have a college car. Um, you need help with difficult classes. Okay, let's just say all of your classes. If you aren't a good noticer on people's needs, then ask people, how can I help? Yeah. We can speak loving, encouraging words instead of being critical. Oh, (laughs) I'm going to say it. And sarcastic. I know all about that one. Okay. During Kaifo, we can come to the microphone, even tonight probably. You can come to the microphone during the time that's Appointed for such things. And, and you can be ABC. You can be audible, brief, and Christ-centered. You could say something that encourages us, like right from the Bible. That's welcome here. So in conclusion, and don't you thrill when the pastor gets to that phrase. In conclusion, you say, yes! What has God said to us tonight? That he is loving. And he loves with his actions. And we get to learn to be loving and love with our actions. So would you just take a moment right now to review your notes or to wish that you had taken some and listen for what God has said to you personally. Then just breathe a prayer. God, help me to put this into action.